Holy Hour of Power. This is the Terry and Jesse Show, Two Man Car. Amen. I am reporting for duty. Terry, what about you? I'm reporting for duty, and I'm 100% better from being sick, and I love it because I can do more for the faith and in the sense of getting out there and talking and sharing the gospel. Jesse, you know how powerful it is just to share the gospel. It really is uh, powerful for people to hear the meaning and purpose of life because they're not getting it either from churches or from the government, that's for sure. So we're honored to do that. Today, we have some common sense stuff to talk about, really. Uh, you know, one of the things Jess put together with uh, the Prager University, and I encourage everybody to listen to him, his stuff there, it's very good. Sex is binary. Yes, he has a real short video. We're going to play on that. Also, we're going to have, people have been talking about, well, how's Bishop Strickland doing? What's he going to do? And everybody's giving commentary on this is what Strickland, I think, will do. Well, I actually have Bishop Strickland to tell you right now, today, how he's doing and what he's going to be doing himself, because he's on our show every week here at Virgin Most Powerful. If you didn't know that, then just go to our website, vmpr.org, and download his shows, because he's outstanding, as you know. So we've got lots to share. Jesse, my, my good-to-know file, this is really incredible. San Francisco drug overdose deaths hit highest record. It's like a zombie apocalypse. And I think you've talked about cops saying that they see it on the streets. It's just, it's so bad. It's so bad. And Jesse, who's running this, the state of California, especially San Francisco? Democrats. Yes. Yep. Hmm. Now, Jesse, here's a good news story, I think. I'm going to get the book. I told you I'd shoot you a copy. Amazon's best-selling book right now is called <laughs> Democrat Party the Democrat Party Hates America by Mark Levin. Well, you know, I'm not right versus left. We're right versus wrong. When you've got the Democrat Party killing innocent life and also giving stuff away and making people lazy, it needs to be stopped. Also, one last good-to-know file. I'll turn it over to you, Jess. This shocked me. Mexico surpassed China as the top U.S. trading partner. And a lot of that had to do with President Trump, Jesse, because in the eight in eighteen he put big tariffs on China, and so now what's going to happen is Mexico is becoming the manufacturing country of the world. One third of all U.S. vehicles are coming from Mexico. So the point of it is, China is losing on that part, and I couldn't think it could happen to a better country because I don't want to support communist China. There you go, Terry. Absolutely. Just reminder that the month of September is dedicated to the seven sorrows Thank of Mary. Thank you for reminding us. It's, uh, it's a tradition that goes back mm -hmm. uh, to the 14th and 15th century under the influence of uh, St. Anselm, St. Bernard. Wow. <clears throat> Accord and, but we know that actually the seven sorrows of Mary comes goes back to John 19 when Our yeah. Lady was underneath the foot of the cross, suffering along with wow. her son, yes. co-redeeming the world and cooperating completely in the sufferings of Christ in a very in a very real and a personal way that only a mother can suffer. Another thing I want to mention Tell me. is that uh, Trump promises pardon for pro-life activists. Awesome. So President Donald Trump promised that if, if reelected, he would pardon or commute the sentences of pro-life activists targeted by the Biden Justice Department under the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances, the FACE Act. Uh, and he's actually Trump actually said Marxist and Stalinist in the administration got a Washington, D.C. jury to convict four, five pro-life activists 
who are now facing up to 11 years for simple acts of protest. Jesse, can I just jump in and give you one Absolutely. more great news, brother? Yeah. You and I have been out in Wichita, Kansas for the last two decades doing family conferences. And now they have, they're doing their own conferences, and we've stepped aside, and I'm, I love doing that. But the Bishop of Wichita just came out with a pastoral letter calling for renewal of the sacred music, encourages Gregorian chant in his pastoral letter, He's basically quoting Vatican II that, Jess, you and I have been quoting on the uh, bringing back Gregorian chant and getting rid of uh, the secular music that most people have at their parishes. So it's just good news. I would say this, Jess, the people in Wichita, Kansas, I know they have Eucharistic adoration chapels in about one-third of all the parishes. They pray for their bishop. I believe that that's an answer to prayer, that that bishop had the guts to just do what the church is asking to be done. And, and that sounds like, well, what do you mean just ask? Yeah, how many bishops actually are implementing what the church teaches when it comes to the liturgy? Not many, Jess. So I want to say kudos to this bishop, Carl Clemen. And I just say continue to pray for them, and I hope it spreads throughout the country. You got it, Terry. Also, congressman moves to replace FACE Act. Oh, yeah. Congressman Chip Roy from Texas has introduced a bill to repeal the FACE Act. Uh, Biden's Department of Injustice has brazenly weaponized the FACE Act against normal, everyday Americans across the political spectrum simply because they are pro-life. Also, Jesse, there's so much. Yeah. The national debt hits historical high. Yes, it did. According to official Treasury Department data, the nation's gross national debt reached $33 trillion this week and continues to climb. Can I add something to that, Jess? Yeah, Terry. 33% of that budget pays interest on the debt. That's more money than we spend on defense or any other item. Uh, I mean, Jesse Romero, Terry Barber, if your family, we had, if we ran our family like the government runs, we'd be out on the streets. Yeah. And so I just want to mention that. And just one more good news file. It doesn't fire you up, man. It fired me up. Catholic Missouri governor candidate vows to burn pornographic books targeting children. He says, you bring those woke pornographic books to Missouri schools and try to brainwash our kids, and I'll burn those too in front of the lawn of the governor's mansion. Jesse, praise God, that man sounds like he's, he really uh, understands the issues and that he's exercising his Catholic faith to be a protector of our children. Thank you very much, uh, and that is just awesome news. His name is Missouri State Senator Bill Engel. God love him. That's absolutely. <laughs> You'd do something like that, Romero. I would a- too. Absolutely. Terry, today's first reading and gospel, both of them are incredible. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. I first first reading, Ephesians <laughs> yeah. 4. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, I, a prisoner for the Lord, yeah. urge you to live in a manner worthy of the call you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience. Mm. Bearing with one another through love, striving to preserve the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, one body and one spirit, as as you were also called to one hope of your call, one Lord, one faith, Mm. one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Amen. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So notice... The way St. Paul says that Christianity is supposed to be unified completely. I'm just wondering 
Uh, what, did they get the memo? What, yeah. Did did the forty thousand denominations? Did they get the? Did is this is this part of the Bible not in their scripture? Exactly. I, I'm just wondering, or or is it just like? Did they just? Did King James just white out this section of the Protestant Bible? Because this is very clear. If anybody reads that saying, oh, you know what? There's not supposed to be 40,000 denominations. We're supposed to be unified. Now, the second part, it says, and grace was given to each of us according to the, to the measure of Christ's gift. So that, that's a beautiful promise that grace has been given to everybody. Okay? And then it says, and he gave some as apostles, others as prophets, others as evangelists, others as pastors and teachers to to equip the holy ones for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the to the unity of faith and knowledge of the son of god to mature manhood to the extent to the full stature of Christ the word of the lord thanks be to god what a reading jesse yeah <laughs> now here's so these are the, some these are some of the, the the charisms or some of the offices that we have in the New Testament. Yes, a- apostle. Obviously, that right. the bishops are successors of the apostles. That's right. Yeah, you, you have prophets, you have evangelists, you have pastors, you have teachers. Now, many commentaries will actually say that the bishop or, or that that the bishop assumes all five offices. The bishop is a successor of the apostle. The bishop is the prophet. He speaks the word of God. The bishop is the chief evangelist. The bishop is the pastor and the bishop is the chief teacher. Yep. And so many commentaries will say that the bishop holds the fivefold office mentioned here by St. Paul, which gives the bishops a whole lot of responsibility, Terry. Oh, well said. What about, are you going to do the other reading too, Jess? Or? Absolutely. Good. Okay, take your time. Yeah. Wait a minute, Jess. We only got a minute left okay. here. Let me, because when we come back, let's get the second reading in and put your seatbelt on. St. John Vianney is going to come into our show and tell us about the value of the Mass. And I'm going to say, I know people are going to say, what? Did he really say that? Yes. I, and I would want to share it with your priest friends and everybody you know. Jess, I also want to remind people that you now can register for the Biblical Studies Conference, March 15th and 16th. It's not too early. Everybody, uh, we got plenty of room for you. We don't want to run out of room, but I would encourage you to go to vmpr.org. Father Chad Ripperker, Bishop Strickland will be there, Jess Romero, Chad, all the guys. I mean, it's the same crew. So we're going to have a, a wonderful conference, and the way you can register, if you don't want to do it online, call 877-526-2151. But it's best to just go online to vmpr.org. Register for the Spiritual Warfare Conference. And if you're in somewhere out of the country, you can get the streaming rights. So you can actually watch it from the comfort of your home in Europe or Asia, wherever you're in the world. As long as you've got an Internet connection, you won't miss a word of the conference. So go to vmpr.org. Check it out. When we come back, the, the gospel reading for today, Jess is going to read it and give some commentary. Then uh, we actually are going to show you a quick video regarding uh, you know, male and female. What's, what, what's that all about? And it's from the Prager University in the Sky uh, set. So don't miss that. And again, in all of this that we're dealing with, we want to help you fall deep in love with Jesus Christ because without that, all this makes no sense. And that's why we're here at VMPR. It's all about Jesus. And uh, we'll be right after, back after a quick break with the gospel and much more here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio.
Welcome back. Uh, Jess Romero is going to read the gospel of today, and then we've got some clips to play. This is uh, awesome. Uh, you know, Jesse, God's word is never, ever out of touch. And I, I just want to mention one thing that touched me last night, and that was realizing that when we actually believe that God's word is inerrant, without error, and that there's no uh, a time limit on it, there's no expiration date, I think that if we understand that, we can see the problems in the church. Most of the modernists in the church believe the Bible's like Gone with the Wind. It's just a book, but it, it really doesn't have any, you know, a lasting value. It's just got, it's just a, the Bible. And I think that when you when you lose the reality that this is God's word, inspired word, inerrant and true forever, then that's the game changer that I think we need to bring to our leaders in our church because I really wonder if they really believe that it is God's word and it can't change when it comes to sexuality or any other teachings. This, to me, is the crutch of where we're at right now. That's the problem. Do they believe in the inerrancy of Scripture? Yeah. Uh, Terry, one, I don't oftentimes compliment Protestants on yeah. the show, yeah. but I will right now. Yeah. One of the things that I admire about Protestants mm-hmm. is their zeal for God's word. I agree. Uh, they, 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 they quote it. They try to live by it. They try to apply it to their lives. Uh, when, when you, when you run across a serious Protestant, they try to, they really try to have a biblical worldview about it. I love it. And so I, I, I'm going to, you know, I've got to call them like I see them. Of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, if, uh, if Mr. Engineer can play, uh, no, no, no. And what do you do the gospel, gospel first? And yeah. then we'll get right to it. Right? You got it. Matthew chapter nine, verses nine to 13. Speak Lord, your servants are listening. Today's the feast day of St. Matthew. Pray for oh, us yeah. in, in the new, in the, in the new right calendar. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs point, po- customs post. He said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisees saw this and said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of the words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Some of the things that jump out at me from from today's passage from Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. First of all, the office of a tax collector, man, they held them in extreme contempt. (laughs) That's for sure. I I mean, uh, these guys, these guys were the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Because they collected taxes uh, in the territory of, of King Herod Antipas. Who, who basically was working for the enemy, the Roman Empire. So many religious Jews, they despised this occupation. They considered tax collectors socially, socially equil- equivalent to the worst sinners. And so this, uh, Jesus knows about this religious, uh, yeah. this religious uh, uh, and cultural condemnation of tax collectors. And yet our Lord still invites Matthew to break with his livelihood yeah. and to come and follow him. Yeah, that that was you talk about something that was politically incorrect. And also our Lord today, he challenges the Pharisees. He deploys Hosea chapter six, verse six, where he tells them that God desires. He says, uh, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. He's quoting the Old Testament prophets Mm -hmm. and the understanding 
is that the prophet's message uh, explains to, uh, to, to Jesus' audience those who are sick. Well, I, Hosea was basically saying those who are declared sick are those who, re- who, who rebelled against Yahweh, yeah. those who have rejected Yahweh, and, so, and their preference for idolatry. And so these are the people that Jesus Christ says need a physician. And so by eating with sinners and tax collectors, whom the Pharisees considered unclean and untouchable, our Lord, he's claiming to fulfill Israel's original vocation, which means to reach out to the sick with divine mercy. Not to call the righteous because, you know, Jesus, he came not to continue to perpetuate the old covenant. He came to inaugurate the new covenant of forgiveness, of mercy, and his his frequent fellowship with sinners was central to his healing work uh, of healing Jew and Gentile together under the lordship and kingship of Christ. Well, and Jesse, just a quick note. I don't know if you realize this, but... The Trinitine Mass, the Gospel of Matthew, is is the one they go to like ninety percent of the time. Mm, I just found that, that to be interesting because mm. it was so treasured in the church that that stuck with the Trinitine Mass. Wow! All right, uh, I want to bring the smartest guy into the room right now. Full Sheen, full Sheen ahead. He's with Saint John Vianney. Jesse, this is something I'd like to hand out to all of the people at that Senate that's starting October fourth, and it's a reminder of the tremendous gift of Holy Mass. It says this, John Vianney, all the good works in the world are not equal to one holy sacrifice of the Mass because they are the work works of men. But the Mass is the work of God. Great point. Martyrdom, he even says, Jesse, is nothing in comparison for it is but the sacrifice of man to God. But here's the kicker line. But the Mass is the sacrifice of God for man. Uh, Mm. I I think of this because, Jesse, even some priests, modern-day priests, they don't want to say Mass on their day off. Give them this quote from John Vianney, the patron for parish priests. One Mass is more powerful than Jess Romero going up and down the United States and the world preaching the gospel. How can that be? Because it's not... It's Jesus Christ at the Mass. It's not Jesse Romero. Jesse Romero is an instrument. But when we talk about the Mass, it is the sacrifice of God for man. If we understood the Mass, Jesse, the churches would be packed. I'm done. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Terry, I'd like to play a short little clip. Just, just, it's, it's, there's a high school football oh, team yeah. awesome. in San Marcos, California. <laughs> you know, football teams usually gather together for a huddle right before yeah. the game. But this football team, Terry, they actually prayed. You're not going to believe what <laughs> they awesome. prayed. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? <laughs> Santa Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccato, 
Crusaders on three. One, two, three. I love it. <laughs> that that's, that's awesome. These are high schoolers. <laughs> that, all I can say is, Terry, they My get it. Off. Yeah, they, they, off they get it. They absolutely get yeah. it. Terry, uh, I, I would have liked to put on a video. Yeah. Uh, put a, it's by Colin Wright. It's it's on PragerU, but we're, we're not able to access it. I don't know what's going on. But it. it okay, well, if we can, but let's just talk about it right now. Yeah. So Colin Wright's an evolutionary biologist. Uh, he's got his PhD in evolutionary biology. Mm hmm. And ecology from UC Santa Barbara, so he's got all you know. He's got the yeah, credentials. Of course. Uh, following graduate school, he became a research fellow at Penn State, where he grew increasingly frustrated with how gender ideology was was uh, influencing public discourse mm -hmm. and perpetuating harmful pseudoscience regarding the nature of biological sex. He's currently a fellow at the Manhattan Institute, and uh, he basically gave uh, a, a short lecture that we'll play at the last segment where he essentially says that sex is binary. Yeah. And this man's an expert in this field. So, I mean, anybody who wants to, if you want to question him, you're going to have to, you're going to have to have better credentials than and, he does because uh, this is his, this is his expertise, Terry. And Jesse, remember this was, he's commenting about the Supreme Court justice that the Biden administration put her to be the next Supreme Court justice. And when she was asked, you know, what's a woman? She couldn't even answer the question. She said, I'm not a biologist. And he's saying, I am. I'll educate you. Jesse, I don't think you need to be a biologist to figure out the difference between a man and a woman. This is how crazy the world is. But you know what, Jesse? Uh, you said it well. I mean, St. Thomas Aquinas is where it comes from. He said, sin makes you stupid. And the world right now, we're in deep in sin. And we're doing a lot of stupid things like killing unborn babies, killing the longborn, terminally ill. We're doing a lot of bad things. And we're also encouraging other countries to do the same thing when it comes to funding money to other countries. We tell them, hey, we're not going to give you any money like Gahana. They're saying, and, you know, saying that if you don't uh, give rights to LGBT and you, stop, and you start using contraceptives, to kill the innocent children of your uh, country. If you do all that, we'll give you money. And I just want to just say this. There's a bishop there who I think our bishops can learn from. What American bishops can learn from an African pushback against the LGBT propaganda. It's on LifeSite News. It's just so beautiful because we need to push back. Because the world, the devil, and the flesh is pushing on us to, to basically compromise our values. And what the gentleman did on this video is saying, dude, you're wrong. It's it's obvious. Man and woman are different. It's as simple as the biology. And so I just want to thank the the institute there or the Prager University for making things come real simple, Jesse. They they have a gift to being able to say, look, this is what the world is saying, and they're wrong, and this is what science or even common sense says. So I think that it's an important thing we need to show. We'll do it later in the in the show. Yeah, we well, see with Colin Wright is saying that the left, yeah, they believe in this. Uh, oh, they do. They believe in what's called social constructs. They'll say male and female are social constructs, which means that's just something that society, you know, deems them as male and female. Yes. And Colin Wright's argument is no. He goes right to biology, evolutionary biology. He says uh, male and female. He says are sex categories. They're right. real and they're binary. And uh, they cannot be changed just because of 
of uh, political expediency. So yeah, we'll watch that the last segment. Terry, let's move on to another topic. Bishop Strickland, America's bishop, he reaffirms the true purpose of marriage, the priesthood, in a new pastoral letter. He did, and just just so you know, people can go to bishopstrickland.com and read the entire document. This is his third of, of seven letters that he's putting out. Basically, it's all on the catechism of the Catholic Church and Scripture. It's not like, you know what he told me? He's pasting things. He's taking this from what the Church teaches on marriage. But what I want to do is when we come back, uh, we're going to play a clip from Bishop Strickland when people have asked him, "What? how are you doing with this persecution that's going on in the Tyler Diocese? Wait to hear what he has to say. And you can actually listen to him every week here on VMPR.org, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. So Bishop Strickland's up next to tell you how he's doing with the persecution he's receiving from the Holy See. Stay with us, family. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. I just want to give news that came out. Jesse talked about it on Jesus 911. Cardinal Mueller came out in support of Bishop Strickland, his willingness to hang on to his bishopry here in the Diocese of Tyler. But uh, people have been asking me, how are you doing? How's Bishop Strickland doing? And I said, well, why don't I just let him speak for himself rather than having commentators say, I think he's going to do this. I think he's going to do that. So let's play the clip. And again, just know that we do a weekly show here at VMPR. So if you want to listen to the good bishop, America's bishop, every Tuesday after the Terry and Jesse show, we have an hour with the good bishop. Let's play that clip. Yeah, really, Terry, that's what it's about. And we all, especially with all that's going on in the world yeah. and in the church, sure. we just have to look to Christ. Yeah. Um, in one of my tweets, I said I was Jesus strong. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that's what we all need to be. We need to be strong in Christ. Yes. He says, be not afraid. And I think this time, for me at least, is a time to really look at the priorities. Mm. And, you know, Jesus was stripped of everything. And, I mean, like the story of Job. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Right. Um, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. And I think we all have to have that attitude, wherever, whatever we're doing, because we, if we're clinging to a position or a title um, and not focused on sharing Jesus Christ, I mean, I thought we're celebrating today that the, we're recording this. Yeah. We're celebrating the Korean martyrs. That's right. Um, and they were quoted basically saying, like so many of the martyrs, you know, my life is Christ. So as long as I'm alive, I have to speak for Christ until I'm dead. And so they're martyred. But that's the witness of the martyrs. And, <clears throat> you know, most of us, there are still people being martyred in the world, but that's not something that I'm threatened with. But we do have to, we are called as disciples to be what we call sometimes white martyrs. What does Jesus say to all of us? He doesn't say, oh, those who have to die for me, these are your rules. It's the same rules for all of us. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. And that, you can go very deep into all three of those phrases. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. And they're all woven together. But that's what's called discipleship. And 
There's joy in that. That's the great thing about the saints and the martyrs. They're joyful people. Mm-hmm. And in this context, thankfully, I'm peaceful and joyful. And, you know, I'm ready to, to face each day. Amen. I don't know what tomorrow brings, but who does? That's that's really one thing that's come home to me. And one thing, you know, I don't want to talk a lot about me, but <laughs> I, I am learning lessons. Hopefully we all do, whatever we're going through. And one thing that occurred to me is I was I was actually talking to another radio program <laughs> earlier this week. And just as I was talking to um, the announcer, yeah. I said, what occurred to me is I'm 65. So if I'm removed from my office as Bishop of Tyler, you know, that I don't want that. And that will be certainly a, a major change in my life. Mm-hmm. But it occurred to me in 10 years, I'll be canonically up for retirement. That's right. And if I was 10 years older, if it was just the normal time of retirement, mm-hmm. I would still need to, to speak up for the message of Jesus Christ and call people to the perennial truth that is Jesus Christ. All these crazy ideas, frankly, that are bouncing around, people proposing this and that, things being examined at the Senate, that in my opinion, it's a waste of time. Because the truth is the truth, as people quote me saying, but it is. I mean, it's not complicated. It's very simple. And, you know, I don't claim to be a great scholar or great intellect. I got a decent brain and I can look at reality. Yeah. And I'm going to speak up for the Lord and Savior that I know, Jesus Christ. And I think I feel great support from his mother, the Virgin Mary, and the saints. I mean, and I haven't heard any voices or seen any apparitions or anything that people would say, oh, that's a supernatural event or some mystical event. But through prayer, I feel very connected to Christ and his sacred heart. I feel the support of Mary and the saints. What better place can we be than than close to God, living the way of the saints? Many of them suffered a lot more than I've had to suffer in life. Yeah, it's a bit burdensome to not know what's going coming next but really if we're honest with ourselves none of us knows what tomorrow brings but we trust in the lord sounds like he's got a phd in common sense and it ain't that common jess but you see his love for the for our lord and for truth and his peace through his prayer life i mean I, I, I look at this man, Jesse, he inspires me every week, and I want our listeners to know you should be listening to this man every week. He's America's bishop. He'll give you the straight stuff. He doesn't compromise. It's just what we need in the Catholic Church today. Yeah, Bishop Strickland, is, uh, this, is, this is the model example of, of a bishop, yeah. uh, and this is why he's being persecuted. Yep. And, and he's writing a series of letters, much Heavenly. like Ignatius of Antioch exactly. wrote seven letters That's right. before his martyrdom. Maybe Bishop Strickland <laughs> anticipates something. Yeah, you think? Because he's on letter number three. Yep. And he, he wants to write seven letters to his diocese. And so uh, I, I see something, because he is being persecuted. Right now, it's just it's just uh, white persecution. Right. But, uh, but things get intensified. 
so he right here's what he says his own words my dear brothers and sisters in christ I, i i write to you today to discuss more fully the third basic truth that i spoke of in my first pastoral letter issued on august 22nd 2023 the sacrament of matrimony is instituted by God through natural law. God has established marriages between one man and one woman, faithful to each other for life and open to children, CCC 1601. Yep. Humanity has no right or true ability to redefine marriage. Terry, this is a beautiful letter, and it's cut and paste based it is, on the church's teaching. It is, cut and paste. Teaching. That's all and, it and is. I'll, I'll tell you what's sad about that. Tell me, Jess. So he cut and paste... <laughs> uh, the church's teaching from catechisms and councils on yes. matrimony and also on Priest. holy orders. Okay. <laughs> so, so these two sacraments, he cut and paste from popes and catechisms and councils, and he put them in his letter. Okay. So it's not, it's not new teaching. No. What's sad is that precisely because he holds to this and he will not, you know, he will not, uh, you know, uh, uh, buckle at all. This is why he's being persecuted. Yep. Because the synod on, on silliness. <laughs> this is exactly the two sacraments that are being discussed because they want to change them. Because the buzzword Terry for the synod and synodality is this. This is the if you want to understand yeah. what's going on there, it's this inclusivity. Yeah. yeah. If you want to understand what the modernists are doing right now at the Synod of Synodality, it's called inclusivity. Uh, in other words, everybody's welcome. Now, that's true. Everybody is welcome. But we ha- we're only welcome, to, uh, Terry, on Jesus's term. Well said. Repent, believe. believe in the gospel, Confess your sins and amend your life. So, yeah, every that's true. Everybody's welcome, but everybody's welcome on Jesus's terms. Yes, He wants to take us from unclean to clean. He wants to take us from you know from 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 sons of Adam to sons of God, yeah. and, and and for this reason, he's being persecuted. Another area Tell me, yes. where I, I believe that uh, you could see another error that's creeping in. You'll find some of the, the bishops and cardinals in the Roman Curia, when they talk about Pope Francis, they'll use this term, Terry, which has is, which is never been used before. They'll say, the current magisteri yeah, like it can change give me a yeah exactly that's exactly what they're inferring yeah. they're saying we know you're, you're disobedient if you don't obey the current magisterium so what are they doing here they're bifurcating the catholic church they're saying well Everybody before Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, they got it wrong on this, that, and the other, yep. the death penalty, on uh, you know, on, on being able to uh, you know possess uh, atomic bombs. They were all wrong. All the other popes were wrong. This magisterium came to correct every previous pope, and uh, we have to listen to the current magisterium. So that's the other word, Terry, yeah. that they're using. To try to promote Vatican III, which is a synod of synodality. And the bishop stated very clearly at the end of his document, he said, As we approach the synod on synodality, 
We must remember that God would never call a person to a role which they were not able to fulfill. And he says, as I stated in my pastoral letter, September 5th, sacred tradition, listen to this, Jesse just called it, ordinary magistrate of the church has affirmed throughout the ages that the church has no authority, or you hear that, whatsoever to ordain women, as Christ called those who would be minister in his name, in the image of himself as the bridegroom, with the church as his bride. Because the church has no authority to ordain women, we recognize that God would never authentically call a woman to the sacrament of holy orders. As such, if it were to suggest a change could be made to this sacred, unchangeable doctrine, we must recognize this is a break from the deposit of faith and reject the idea as contrary to the faith. And he says, in conclusion, I would like to say to you, my dear brothers and sisters, do not despair. It is evident that we look back through salvation history that at any time humanity moves away from God, he pours out abundant graces and divine life upon the faithful. He says we are called to participate in this divine plan of salvation, so we must proclaim as Joan of Arc said, I am not afraid, for God is with me. I was born for this time. Jesse, you said that over and over again. We were born at this time to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Bishop Strickland is doing just that. And I encourage you to go to bishopstrickland.com and get the whole document. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're back to Terry and Jesse Show. Uh, do we have, Mr. Yep. Engineer, do we have the clip uh, from PragerU? Yep. All right, we're going to put on that clip. Um, it's called Sex is Binary. Uh, can you play the clip? Asked to define the word woman during her Supreme Court confirmation hearings in 2022, Judge Katanji Jackson famously demurred, saying, I'm not a biologist. Well, I am a biologist, and I'm here to help. <laughs> to that end, let me rephrase the question to Judge Jackson. Are sex categories in humans, male and female, real, immutable, and binary, or are they merely social constructs? Answer, real. That's just the way it is, and we all know it. Immutable. It can't be changed. And binary. There are only two sexes, not three or four or 57. This is true throughout the plant and animal kingdoms. An organism's sex is defined by the type of gamete, sperm or ova, it can or would produce. Males have the function of producing sperm or small gametes, and females, ova, or large ones. There is no third gamete type. There are only two. Therefore, sex is binary. This shouldn't be controversial. It's just basic biology. Every one of us is the result of a male and a female, our biological mom and dad, successfully reproducing. Sorry to make you think about that. Without the existence of males and females, I wouldn't be here right now, and neither would you. Our species would have gone extinct long ago. Many gender activists, however, falsely assert that sex cannot be binary and must be viewed as a spectrum because a very small number of people have genitalia that appear ambiguous or mixed, phenomena known as intersex conditions. These ideologues claim the existence of such conditions renders the categories male and female meaningless. But intersex conditions don't undermine the sex binary at all, because sex ambiguity is not a third sex. 
the existence of very rare borderline cases no more raise questions about everyone else's sex than the existence of dawn and dusk cast doubt onto the existence of day and night. Our society isn't experiencing a sudden dramatic surge in people born with ambiguous genitalia. We're experiencing a dramatic surge in people who are unambiguously one sex, claiming to identify as the opposite sex, or as something other than male or female altogether. Gender ideology seeks to portray sex as so incomprehensibly complex and multivariable that our traditional practice of classifying people as either male or female is grossly outdated and should be abandoned for a revolutionary concept of gender identity. This new system holds that males shouldn't be barred from female sports, women's prisons, or other spaces previously segregated so long as they identify as female. But intersex and transgender mean entirely different things. Intersex people have extremely rare conditions that result in apparent sex ambiguity. Transgender people, however, aren't sexually ambiguous at all, but merely claim to identify as something other than their biological sex. Once you're conscious of this distinction, you'll begin to notice that gender activists attempt to steer discussions away from, for example, whether men who identify as women should be allowed to compete in female sports, and toward prominent intersex athletes like South African runner Castor Semenya. Why? Because so long as they've got you on your heels, making difficult judgment calls on individuals with medically complicated intersex conditions, they've succeeded in drawing your attention away from making easy calls on unquestionably male athletes like 2022 NCAA Division I women's swimming and diving champion Leah Thomas. They shift the focus to intersex to distract from transgender. But the existence of a tiny handful of intersex cases is completely irrelevant to the issue of allowing males in female sports, prisons, and restrooms. Crafting policy to exclude males who identify as women, or trans women, from female-only spaces isn't complicated. That's because trans women are unambiguously male, and so the chances that a doctor incorrectly recorded their sex at birth are essentially zero. Therefore, any transgender policy designed to protect female spaces need only specify that participants must have been recorded female on their original birth certificates. Or, if no birth certificate listing sex is available, biology, not an individual's feelings, will determine whether the participant would be allowed to compete as a male or a female. Crafting effective intersex policies is more complicated, but a much less pressing issue for protecting the integrity of women's sports. Individual organizations can decide for themselves which criteria should be used to keep female spaces safe and, in the context of sport, safe and fair. It is imperative, however, that such policies be rooted in properties of the body and not one's identity, because identity is not germane to issues of fairness and safety. You can identify as anything you like, but your identity does not determine biological reality. And the reality is that sex in humans is immutable and binary. No amount of activist hysteria is ever going to change that. I'm Colin Wright, PhD in evolutionary biology and fellow <laughs> at the Manhattan Institute for Prager University. Awesome. Well done. All I can say is, well, science is on our side. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, the, the left's always talking about uh, check the science or, you know, look, look to science. Yeah, guess what? On the issue of abortion, 
uh, as Ben Shapiro said as, and at one of the rallies in Washington, he said, well, we got science on our side. On this whole transgenderism, guess what? We got science on our side. Uh, we have nothing to fear because, no. because remember, as I tell Catholics, whatever is true comes from God. Biblical truth comes from God. Scientific truth comes from God. Historical truth. Whatever is true comes from God. And here we got a doctor of, uh, of evolutionary biology saying sex is binary. Genders are binary, period. End yeah. of discussion. And Terry, I'll tell you. Tell me, Jess. I'll, I'll tell you what's behind the, uh, the whole transgender movement. There's something even deeper. Yeah, tell us. It, it, this is all part of the depopulation agenda that started in the 60s. Yeah. That started with the striking down the fornication laws, uh, striking down no-fault divorce, legalizing contraception, legalizing pornography. When you start looking at the, at the social paradigm shifts starting from the 60s, well, actually 1954, when uh, Hugh Hefner started Playboy, You'll find that everything has been done by Satan through the culture to depopulate planet Earth, to attack the family. Uh, the elites, the globalists, they, they, they want people to become transgender, homosexual. Why? They don't want them to reproduce and have children. I think you're on to that. And I'll even include something else, Jesse, and that is an attack on God. What I mean by that is God created man and woman and in the book of Genesis, and this is really an attack that says, no, 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 God, it's I decide. I identify this way. You know, Jess, I'm five foot four. I'm shrinking. I was five, 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 four now, okay? I'm shrinking. You're shrinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guess what, dude? I identify at seven foot four. You know what, Jesse? Science tells me, no, get the measuring stick out. I'm five foot four. See, the reality sets in and in our culture that we're in right now we want to vicariously live some other life we want to be able to say i'm in control i want to be a man or i want to be a woman whatever i want to be i just say it so i'm at i'm it see that's not how nature works that's not how god works and i say that it's in a rejection of the order that god has given to us and so really this is coming, and I'll just say it, Jesse, it's coming directly from the pit of hell because this is what uh, the first, uh, you know, when they, they, we had the big disaster and, and uh, when, when the third of the stars, uh, two-thirds of the stars took off. Here's the point. It's rejection of God's authority and God's design. So when we reject God's design, we become an agent of Satan. Bingo. Bingo. And Terry, this whole transgender mafia, this transgender cult, is be, it's become the worst uh, enemy of the family. That's right. It really has. That's right. And, and I have to give credit. I mean, I wish he would speak about it more. Pope Francis has spoken out has. Against, got yep. against transgender ideology. Yep. He has. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at one where it says, Pope Francis says it's terrible that children are taught they can choose their own gender. God created man and woman. God created the world like this, and we're doing the exact opposite. Uh, he doesn't speak about it enough, but he has spoken out, and so for that, I'm thankful. But uh, again, Terry, the whole transgender ideology, it's riddled with a bunch of contradictions. It, it really is. Mm -hmm. And what, what it is, is we've implemented in our country 
Frankenstein science. Yep. The catechism of the Catholic Church condemns as a sin mutilation in paragraph 2297. It's except and performed for strictly therapeutic medical reasons, directly intended amputations, mutilations, and sterilizations <laughs> performed on innocent persons are against the moral law. Exactly. And so if you do any of these things, amputate, mutilate, or sterilize yourself with full knowledge and, and full knowledge and deliberate consent that it's a grave offense, it's a mortal sin. If you didn't know that uh, amputations or mutilations of body parts or sterilizations, if you didn't have full knowledge uh, uh, that it was a, a sin, you were ignorant yeah. of, uh, of, of that fact, then it's a venial sin. But nonetheless, it's a sin. Right. And, and, and these transgender children, they're victims of an enormous lie. That's right. And, and unfortunately, in the last couple of decades, we've turned our doctors from healers to killers. Yep. And uh, but again, thanks be to God, to doctors like him. Mm-hmm. We need more doctors like him to, to speak out fearlessly against these transgender lying liberal woke doctors who are committing child abuse against our kids. Yeah, this is exactly what it is. It's child abuse. Yeah, And, and I'm encouraging people to sue the doctors, the, the hospitals that are doing these surgeries. They're making tons of money on this. Oh, yeah. And until they start paying a big uh, expenses for doing this, they won't stop. That's just my take on it, Jess. All right, I hear the music, Jess. What state should we be living in, brother? We should be living in a state of grace, not in a state of mortal sin. We got to pursue holiness. As the Bible says, strive for holiness. For without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Or as I say, it's simpler. Get holy or die trying. There you go. All right. All Take right, Jess. Away, my, th- my take on it is all right. See, the Our Lady of Fatima, she said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. We're praying now. Prayer, fasting, almsgiving. That's what we need to be doing right now, especially in this time of confusion. So participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ by uniting your sufferings with the sufferings of Christ to help redeem the world and to save souls. Because remember what Bishop Sheen said, if souls are saved... Everything's saved. If souls aren't saved, nothing is saved. Let's get back to the basics about salvation. Thanks again for joining us here on Virgin's Most Powerful Radio. May God richly bless you and your family.